Welcome to the Doorway to Self podcast, a metaphysical container for all things mental health, all things human, and all things psychic. Because if you're human, you're psychic. Through the power of story, the gift of psychoeducation, and shared research of the human experience, we will delve into all things metaphysics to help bring to light the truth of your being. If you're on the journey home to your golden self, this is the podcast for you. Here we go. This is the Mental Health Revolution with Rachel Leah Gerson of Doorway to Self. Hello, beautiful human. Oh, it's so good to be here today. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you are coming back to listen again, thank you for coming back. And if this is your first time, welcome. My name is Rachel Leah Gerson and I am your host. Some of you might notice that the recording quality on this episode is a little bit different than others. That is because something very wonky is happening with my microphone currently. Um, I blame Mercury. <laughs> Uh, I don't normally like to uh, say things like that because I think Mercury retrograde can be an incredibly beautiful and creative time and actually usually is for me. But, um, you know, when we <laughs> when we don't listen to its flow, sometimes it can mess with us. That is what is happening to me currently. Uh, here I am recording this episode about two hours before it's supposed to come out. And, um, that's, I know that that's why this microphone is not working right now. Um, but regardless, here we are, we're listening, we're here, we're recording. Ah, goodness, goodness. So I want to issue a trigger warning here for this episode before we dive in. Um, just making sure that you're somebody who is uh, safe um, from yourself and others and you're in a safe space, you're able to be taken care of. Trigger warning being issued is for suicidal ideation, self-harm, um, and infidelity. So if those are things that you know are going to trigger your mental health, I highly suggest either putting this episode down until you come to a point in time where you believe you have the coping coping skills to be able to listen to it properly or um, that you're surrounded by a support system that is going to help you to be able to listen to this in a healthy way. That said, let's go ahead and dive on in. Uh, So some of you are probably very confused by the title of this episode, uh, Love Can Cause Depression. At least it's what I'm thinking about calling it right now as I'm recording. You guys are listening to my whole process right now. Um, Some of you are very confused probably right now, especially if you know me, because you know that I am all about love. I call myself love. I call you love. I call all humans love no matter what their actions are. We are all love. So where does this statement come from that it can cause depression? I'm sure many of you are very curious and I am so excited to get into the reasons behind this because 
I honestly believe it is going to be a key to helping some of you to unlock a lot of the reason as to why you are feeling what you are feeling if you are somebody who struggles with or has struggled with depression or depressed mood. I'm going to start out by reading to you a quote from my middle school journal. I hate love and love hates me. I give birth to my anger for it without regret. I'm going to read it to you again. I hate love and love hates me. I give birth to my anger for it without regret. Now, why might I have written something like this in my middle school journal? And let me tell you what, this is one quote of many, <laughs> of many, many, many like it. Um, my goodness. Well, in order to tell you why I wrote this quote, I have to tell you another story. So I was talking to a friend last week who's going through a lot of really, really, really rough stuff. They cheated on their partner um, and it was just not a good situation at all. Um, And thankfully, they're in their partnership, they're incredibly good communicators and they're able to talk through a lot of this stuff together, which is amazing. Um... But this person, this friend of mine, was so, so, so depressed because of everything that was going on. And they were actually even depressed beforehand. And they, you know, they were talking to me about it. They were like, you know what, Rachel, like, like, how did you, because I know, and I'm disclosing a little bit to you guys here. They said, I know that you did not cheat on your last partner, your previous partner who you were with for almost seven years. And, you know, how did you get to a place where you didn't do that anymore? Um, because this is a problem for me. And I just, I, I don't want this to keep happening. And I said, yeah, you know, that's, that's a really good question. I'm going to have to think about that. And so I walked out the door and I was, I was about to go on a walk and I I caught my first couple of footsteps in, and all of a sudden, the answer hit me. And so I contacted them back right away, and I was like, oh my gosh, I have an answer for your question. And they were like, what? Like, what? What's, what is it? Now I'm so curious. And I said, well, see, the thing is, is that we societally, and this is a big drop, big bomb I'm about to drop on you guys. We societally have been conditioned and we have been conditioned to believe that we have to do something when we feel love. And we've also been conditioned to believe that when we feel love, we are only allowed to feel big, intense love feelings for family members or partners or that we have to channel that into sexual energy. 
That's what we have been conditioned to do, to believe. And that is an untruth. It's not true. And so what did it do me as an incredibly loving person? And those of you who follow me, those of you who know me, you know how much love I have to give. You know that after every single Instagram live video, I always say at the end, I love you. I look straight into that camera. I say, I love you. At the end of these episodes, I always say, I'm sending you much, much love. When I'm on the phone with friends, with ex-partners, with family, I always say, I love you. Always. Because I feel it. And because it's important for us to let each other know about the love that we feel, no matter what the relationship is. Shoot, I say it to my Dory to Self clients, which a lot of people in the professional world would probably frown upon. But why would they frown upon it? They would frown upon it because of the subtext that society has written in. And it is my job to help normalize love in any capacity. It is my job. It is your job to begin to normalize love outside of sex, love outside of romance outside of family. And so what I told this friend of mine is that that's why I always used to cheat on my partners. Because I would be with other people and I would feel these intense feelings of love. And I would just love them so much. And I didn't know how to handle that other than by doing something about it. And specifically channeling it into sexual energy. Because I didn't know any other way. I wasn't taught any other way. Society says, if you feel something, you have to do something about it. If you feel something big, it must be sexual. Or it must lead to sex in some way. Or it must lead to romance, which then usually leads to sex. And so that's why I always would cheat on my previous partners because I was feeling these big, intense feelings. And the only way I knew how to express that, the only way I knew how to show people I love you was to engage sexually with them. It's the only way I knew how to do it. And when I told my friend this, their mind was blown. They were like, holy cow. You just explained my entire reason to me. You just explained my entire situation to me. 
because that's exactly why I did it. I felt big feelings for this person. I knew it wasn't romantic. And so I figured if it wasn't romantic, it must just be sexual. And so I needed to have sex with this person because I didn't know what else to do with the energy, with the emotion that I was feeling and the energy that was caused by it or that caused it. This is big stuff, you guys. This, circling back around, is why I wrote what I wrote in my middle school journal. Because even though I wasn't sexually active at that point in my life, I was still conditioned to believe that I needed to act upon things from a sexual standpoint when I was feeling those emotions. And if not from a sexual one, then definitely from a romantic one. If you leafed through my middle school journal, which I did the other day, by the way, if you leafed through my middle school journal... You would see that every couple of pages I was professing my deep romantic love for a different person every single day. (laughs) I mean, I must have driven my best friend nuts. (laughs) Nuts. Being like, (laughs) oh my gosh, who was I trying to fool? I was not in love with Aaron. I was in love with Max. And then like two days later, like, I wasn't in love with Max. I was in love with Sean. And like three days later, I wasn't in love with Sean. I was in love with Ari. And like, you know, (laughs) yeah, I was a very different person when I was 12, guys. Um, But my point is, is, is I just, I didn't know what to do with all of this love. And I was being rejected over and over and over every single one of these people that I felt big love for, I would tell them. But I would tell them from a romantic spot. I would tell them from a romantic standpoint. I would say, oh, I'm in love with you. (laughs) I'm in love with you. Don't you want to date me? I want to be with you. And then they'd be like, uh, I'm sorry. As you might imagine, like middle school boys and very straight middle school girls might do. Uh, yeah, I'm just not interested in you that way. You know, and then of course, like your entire basis of friendship is completely ruined because you come at it with these really intensive feelings. Yeah, some of you are laughing at my middle school self right now. and That's okay. I laugh at my middle school self all the time. She was hilarious. Deeply tortured, but also hilarious. <laughs> um... But, you know, then the the foundations of these friendships would be completely ruined. And whatever the big love that I felt was, it would be, it would be not decimated, but, you know, there'd be a wall there. I wouldn't be able to feel it as much. And so it turned into something that I actually began using as a defense mechanism. I was so afraid of all of the feelings that I was feeling that I knew if I approach somebody with the intensity of love that I'm feeling, they're going to shut me down, which is going to shut the feelings down. And then I don't have to feel them. Yeah, some of you just had some other light bulb moments. I felt that happen. If I completely 
put myself out there, people will shut me down romantically. And then I don't have to feel this stuff anymore. Then I don't have to feel the intensity of emotion. As I got older, I turned that into sex. Oh, if I just sleep with this person, it'll get it all over with. It'll put a cinch on all of the big feelings I'm feeling because the energy will just be channeled into that space. And that gets grody. That gets grody because you're not coming from a place of pure love. You're coming from a place of, let me get this love out of the way. Let me get this love over with. Let me kill this love through sex. When I wrote those words, I hate love and love hates me. I give birth to my anger for it without regret. I was 12 years old. I was 12 years old and I was in so much pain. I was in so much pain because I was feeling so much and didn't feel like I was allowed to feel it. I felt too much. I felt too intense. I felt unallowed, disallowed, whatever that word is. I did not feel allowed, guys. That's the point. I did not feel allowed to feel everything that I was feeling. I did not feel allowed to feel all of the love. And I thought something was drastically wrong with me. I thought something was deeply wrong with me. And not only because I was feeling all of the love, but also because I was then channeling it into this romantic ideation. And so I would drive myself mad. I would think, oh my gosh, Rachel, how can you be in love with so-and-so today because you were in love with so-and-so yesterday who is a completely different person? And like, how can you be changing your feelings this quickly, like on a daily or bi-daily basis where you're just loving, deeply, deeply enamored and in love with somebody new every single day? I legitimately thought something was very, very wrong with me. And so I became very depressed. I already was very depressed. But this this drew me to a point where suicidal ideation was a very, very real and regular occurrence for me. So much so to the point where I formulated a plan. I formulated a plan, I had a time set, I had a date set, and then thankfully one of my friends actually found this very middle school journal that I'm talking about and brought it to the school counselor and said, look, I think there's something really wrong with my friend. I'm so thankful for that day. At that time, that day was literally the worst day in my entire life. And I think I talked about this already on the You're Not Alone episode. So I'm not going to go there too deeply anymore. You guys can go back and listen to that if you want to. But my point is, my goodness, you guys. Society has screwed us over. It has taught us 
that we are not allowed to love unless there's a reason for it. I'm giving you a reason right now. The reason is to just be because you are love. And you deserve to be love. And in order to be love, you have to feel love. You deserve to feel yourself. You deserve to feel all that you are. And when we try to turn love into something, that's when we experience problems. Because our bodies are like, No, this isn't the way that this is supposed to go. And that's not to negate the fact that romance exists. I mean, of course, we're going to have romantic feelings towards somebody. If, of course, you are a romantic person, some people are not. But we can develop romantic feelings towards people. We can develop sexual feelings towards people that are both legitimate and have legitimate basis. But not everything is going to be that connection. And we've been taught that we're not allowed to have deep love for our friends or our coworkers or our uh, associates or our colleagues or whomever. We're not allowed to feel that because that's inappropriate. That's inappropriate. It's not inappropriate. It's not inappropriate to feel what you are It's not inappropriate to feel your reflection in others as love. It's not inappropriate to allow others to feel their reflection in you as love. We wonder why we live in a sick society. And I don't think we need to wonder anymore. Because the truth is, is that the more that we dampen and stomp down all of the love that we feel, all of the love that we are, the more that we try to put it into boxes and label it and act upon it and do something about it, the more that we are disallowing ourselves from just being. from just being and feeling everything that we are meant to be and feel. So I'm going to leave you guys with this. This one last thing here. I love you. (laughs) I love you wholly and unconditionally. And I want to encourage you to go out into the world and to be love and to see if that affects your mental health in a positive way. And I'm going to let you know that things are going to probably get worse before they get better. I'm just going to let you know that because when you allow this love to come flushing in like a dam breaking It's going to hurt at first. It's going to hurt because you haven't been allowing yourself to feel it for years and years and years and years probably. Now you're allowing yourself to feel it for the first time and that's a big deal. 
a big deal. So just allow some space for that. I want to recommend definitely working with a professional in some capacity as you begin to restore the love within yourself and the love that you have for others because it's going to probably bring up some big shadows. And I want to put out there that I am currently accepting clients at this point in time. So if you are wanting to work one-on-one with me, I'm more than happy to begin this specific process with you. I'd love to do that. You can book directly with me by emailing self at gmail.com or even directly through my website, doorwaytoself.com. You can click on the offerings tab, which I'm well aware is a giant mess right now. So don't get too bogged down and overwhelmed by all the options <laughs> because there are a lot of options and I'm actually working with my web developer right now to uh, pare that down, make it a little bit easier, a lot easier for you guys to navigate. Ooh. Take a deep breath together. Deep breath in through the nose. Breathing in all of the love that you are and letting it go through the mouth. Breathing out anything that you've been conditioned to believe about love. Love does not exist with conditions. Love cannot exist within conditions. I'm going to say it again, love cannot exist within the confines of conditions. Love is not able to be boxed in. And when it is, that's when we feel empty. That's when the onset of depression begins. Or can begin. I love you. I hope you take care. Take care of yourself. I hope this inspires you in some way, shape, or form. And I'm sending you on this journey with so, so much love. Thank you so much for tuning into the Doorway to Self podcast for helping to spread psychic education and for being a part of the mental health revolution. I hope you have received exactly what you needed today for your personal growth, understanding, and healing. For more information on upcoming workshops, retreats, and online events, please go to doorwaytoself.com. Thank you, and have a beautiful rest of your day.